This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Great to have you here. So the deadline is looming for daycares. Signing on to this new $10 federal-provincial deal. And we seem to be going into a very predictable demand versus supply situation with 60% of Toronto's non-profit child care centres signing up ahead of the September 1st deadline. I mean, who could be shocked at that? But as of last week, only um, only 91 for-private operators had opted in, which is less than 30% of uh, of the supply available. And without them, $10 daycare is not going to be available for all parents. So why aren't they signing up? Well, under the terms of the agreement with the Trudeau government, the participants, they have to kind of take this on the chin. They've got to reduce fees by an average of 25% immediately, then another 25% in 2023. So operators are rightly concerned by slashing the fees. Uh, what will the funding levels be of 2023 and beyond? For them. Amanda Monday joins us. She is owner of the Workaround. This is a daycare and a co-working space here in the city of Toronto. Good to have you, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So have you signed on to this particular program or are you going to sign on? Absolutely not. And I'm, I'm really frustrated, you know, because I, I started this to help families and to fix childcare. And there's just, there's no way that I can sign on to the deal the way it stands right now. I mean, would you quit your job and take another job with no contract? Because that's what we're facing. There's no contract. There's 74 pages of regulations that legal advice, our lawyers have said, I wouldn't sign that. It'll, the deal as it stands right now will, will bankrupt me. So for as much as I want to, I can't. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of legislation that I I don't like because I see it as playing on the emotions and the pocketbooks of parents who really do Mm -hmm. struggle very much. Certainly, if you're in a city like Toronto with very, very expensive daycare costs, thankfully, that is in my rearview mirror. However, um, you know, it gets good headlines politically, whether or not the fine print actually uh, shows to be a doable thing. And so you're not alone, certainly in this. Is it that you worry that the federal spending uh, will not be there after a certain time? Or are you worried that you will not get, uh, you, know, you will not be made whole? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's both, but it's really the latter. For me, the numbers don't add up. Like it's, it's pretty simple, right? If, if right now my child care for an infant spot is $100 a day and I have to immediately reduce what I'm charging all the way down to, let's say, at the goal, $10 a day, that means I have to fill that $90 a day somewhere, right? Either yeah. from the government giving me those fees or from some, some financial source has to pay it. I'm not charging $100 a day because I'm, you know, Jeff Bezos running a high margin, high mm-hmm. profit center. Mm-hmm. This is, this is childcare. This is ratios of one teacher to every two kids. It's incredibly expensive. It's not a high profit business. I don't come from money. I started this independently myself. I have 13,000 square feet in East Toronto. I have debt. I have hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars of debt. I had to pay rent and hydro and my loan payments, and I didn't lay my teachers off during the four 
lockdowns we faced, I accrued more debt, but the, 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 the proposed spending and the expenses that the government saying that they will cover won't cover things like property taxes, loan payments, principal and right. interest loan payments. They won't pay over $26 an hour for a teachers, but I, I pay my staff more than that. I want to bring in the highest quality teachers I can to run the best program. So basically what it means is I, I somehow have to make up that delta and pay those costs, but genuinely and truly, I, do, I don't know how to do it other than to, right. I, I, I don't know, pay for it myself. But like with what money? I run a childcare center. I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it, it, it's not um, surprising to me that the governments uh, at either level um, in, a, you know, federally or across this country provincially really factored in the fact to your point, where you accrue costs at a private business that, um, you know, fall outside, let's say, of the window, whether it's taxes and or, um, you know, there's going to be a shortfall in business. And if you've got this rigid structure that you have a structure that you have to fulfill in a certain way for the government, you're not going to be able to get that, you know, square through the circle. And so you're not alone on this. The only way this program, Amanda, works is if is if all the um a daycare sign on because we already know that even if every um, daycare signed on, there'd still be a shortage because there's so much demand for the supply that does not exist. And so I don't know how this works um, if you and others don't join. And, and frankly, I don't know how you can be expected to join, which then turns you into uh, into an us versus them situation where you're having to explain to parents why you can't do this, which makes you yes. the bad guy because then the nonprofits are doing it, and, and it's hard to explain. Well, that's the thing. I I can tell you since the day that the media start that the government announced that they would be reducing fees immediately by twenty five percent, and parents would get that money. It's incredibly heartbreaking. Every single day, existing parents and prospective new parents ask me. First, they were saying, you know, are you going to be a part of the program? But now they're using the language, "Are you opting in?" As if it's me who's you know, personally going to cause them harm? Are you choosing to opt in? And I have to explain every time, look at, it's not that I'm opting out because I don't want the government to be part of a government program, or I don't want the government to have oversight on my expenses. Like I went through the wage subsidy program. I went through the, the rent subsidy program. I'm very used to delivering my cost mm -hmm. to the government to be reimbursed. That's not the problem. The problem is there's no contract. And it's not clear how all of my expenses will be covered. So signing on bankrupts me. It means all my space is closed. It means all yeah. the parents lose out. It's not opting out because, you know, there's a cap on profits that I, I saw in a recent media article that um, non or for profits aren't signing up because the government's capping them at 10% profit. Not a chance. That's false. It is that our expenses aren't covered and it will bankrupt us. And it's heartbreaking because parents feel like they're being lied to. I want $10 a day. My kids are six <laughs> and eight. Right? I, I'd have loved it. Too. I'd have loved it. But uh, there I was forking yeah, out two grand a month. That's what it is. That's why yeah. I started this. <laughs> They do say that there'll be some flexibility to absorb the issues and funding shortages. I, I take it that that won't be enough of a sales job to get you and the others to sign on. But what does it actually mean if the private operators, other than supply issues, does this mean you're shutting your doors? I mean, it's how can you compete? It is. That's absolutely right. I mean, think about it from 
or we don't, I don't think of myself as a market service, but if you think, how can I charge $100 a day if market, quote unquote, is $10 a day, that puts us out of business anyway. I don't want to be, you know, this offering that's only accessible to the wealthiest of Torontonians. The whole point with my program in particular was to be flexible, drop in, accessible for parents who want to work on site. The, the mm-hmm. idea that I would be charging 10 times the price of what other spaces yeah. are charging means, you know, it's unlikely that I could sustain that. I do think in the short term, there simply won't be enough $10 a day spaces for families who need them. And so families yeah. will be forced to look for alternatives and that'll keep us going for a bit. But it's an awful situation to be in. It's lose-lose. I, I what end up being incredibly expensive and competing with $10 a day, or I sign up and risk bankruptcy and closure. I don't see a solution where right now there's an easy way if I do opt in to even opt out later if the math doesn't make sense. So we pretty much just have to hold our breath and hope that there's enough lobbying efforts or there's enough discussions with the Ministry of Education and the, and the provincial side to make the changes to to sort of stop gap between what we currently have and what the federal government is saying they want to see in five years, which is $10 a day daycare. Yeah. And and are those lobbying efforts being heard? Do you get the sense that, uh, that, that something can be worked out? You know, I mean, I'm pretty frustrated with that side of things because right now what I'm hearing in the rhetoric is it's this for-profit versus non-profit fight where we're being pitted against it. Oh, you know, non-profit 60% is signing up, but oh, for-profits, you know, they're not. And to me, that's, that's not the narrative. It's not that black and white. It's not that for-profits aren't signing on because of a profit game. It's that the deal didn't consider our expenses and yeah. it hurts us. And we signed leases. We took loans. Mm-hmm. We put our houses on the line. My mortgage, the personal guarantee, you know, having my credit ruined for seven years. These are very serious decisions. And all of that was done prior to this ever being a thing. So now we're left with without being grandfathered in, without some provisions for for our for our businesses, and it, it's really heartbreaking because most of the independent small business daycares, like myself, are primarily run by women. We yeah, are independent. Yeah. We run these neighbor. I walk to work. I live in mm-hmm. the neighborhood that I run my business. The kids who come here go to my kids' school. It, it's it's really difficult to know that. All we did was try to help build a business that's good for the neighborhood, that works out for those who are around here. And and in the end, we're we're really facing some real struggles. Stay tuned. Nonetheless, uh, I think we're in for a big battle on this one. Amanda, I wish you uh, nothing but the the best. I know uh, for private business owners, this is a real tough pill to swallow. But we'll continue uh, talking about it. We'll bring you back on and see where we uh, are in the next few months. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. That is a... Private operator of a daycare, Amanda Monday. She uh, is laying out what I think those uh, who crafted the letter, they should have seen this coming. It's crazy. You you just could see this when they developed this on the back of a napkin of buying votes again. Oh, here, we'll do this. With no thought to the consequences it would impose on private businesses. And if she and the others go out of business, we're not going to have any spaces here in Toronto. It will be a zoo. On the other side of the break... We're going to get your news at the top of the hour. We'll dive into some of the testimony that I think is vital for Canadians and you to hear of police interference into the biggest mass shooting in this country. 
We'll talk about that shortage of pain treatments. Where the hell are you supposed to get a prescription every day if you need this for your kids? Stay with us. Lots of show to come. I'm Alex Pearson of The Alex Pearson Show, and you're listening to 640 Toronto.